Welcome everyone to the Kingdom Capitalist Show, the podcast to help you as a Christian business owner, entrepreneur, investor, really advance God's kingdom through your life and your business. And we have an incredible, incredible guest today whose goal and mission really is to light up the dark corners of the city in Belfast, Northern Ireland, our first international brother. So if you're ready to get lit up today as well, welcome to the show, my brother, Mr. Daniel Jackson. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic, thank you. And I didn't realize that I was the first international guest on the show. So I feel like you need to send me a badge or uh, something to mark the occasion. That's, I'm uh, very honored to be here and with you today. Yeah, man. Not the first international accent, but the first international company. So um, we are are really, really grateful to be able to have you, man, to be able to share your story. Uh, you know, I kind of jokingly said if you're ready to get lit up, but I do think this is going to be one of those shows that really will light up the hearts and minds of our listeners um, and just talking, you know, so many things we're excited to get into the difference between a Christian company and a kingdom driven company um, and how you're really using real estate and development to light up the city there in Belfast. And so um, are you ready to get in this match? Should, should, should we jump in or what? Absolutely. Let's go for it. <laughs> well, let me just pray for us, man. Ask God to bless our time and then we'll get in. God, we, we again, give you thanks. We come to you really humble that you would allow us this opportunity to really build and grow businesses for your kingdom, that we get to be a part of your kingdom. And God, I pray that you would give us a heart and mind today to really be open-handed to all that you speak through Daniel to us and really seeing um, how you're on the move there in Ireland, how we might come and be a part and support that movement as well. And um, so we give all this to you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, man. So tell our audience, let's start with this you. Who is Daniel? Um, where are you at in the world? Uh, would love to learn a little bit more about yourself, man. Yeah, so I'm Daniel Jackson, and I run a property development company in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and that's where I'm calling from today. So we're part of the United Kingdom, and we're also part of the island of Ireland. So we've kind of got some dual things going on. Um, I run a property development company. We're based in Belfast. Um, we specialize in regeneration, like to see transformation, to make all things new. Uh, I have a young family, uh, three kids. Kimberly is five, Benjamin is three, and Abigail's one. So I think I've got a full cup at the moment. We're pioneering new things. We've got a young family yeah. and, and life's good. We're really loving making so many connections all around the world now speaking to you today there's so many people out there that share a heart for just seeing transformation and and using the things that we're involved in day to day the things that we steward our time our our resources our business activities for good and it's brilliant to be here and get a chance to talk about that today yeah. with you yeah so so excited so let me ask you before we get into the business man if somebody was to come on vacation in belfast belfast what do you do I mean, what, what is like, what's going on there that we, that we need to come and, you know, we had a couple of days to come and experience there. Well, first thing, and I was chatting to you briefly before you started recording, it's, it's June and it should be a beautiful summer's day and it's pouring with rain outside my window. So first of all, you got to bring a coat and you got to prepare, <laughs> prepared to, uh, to, to wait out some of the weather. So we've got lots of interesting history, lots of, you know, we're a very old country. And um, so if you like castles, if you like monasteries, those kind of things, there's lots of, uh, of history for Americans. There's certainly a lot of Americans that love to come and trace their roots to mm -hmm. 
find their great grandmother from Cork and where she lived or whatever. <laughs> There's loads of history that Americans love to love to see, particularly. It's, it's a beautiful place. We're a, a very green island because of our rain. Um, there's beautiful beaches, beautiful scenery. So there's the Giant's Causeway, um, rocks coming up out of the ground, formed by Finn McCoo, the giant, of course. Uh, <laughs> and there's, lo- there's lots of beautiful scenery, lots of stuff. I know if, if you're interested in music, live music, pubs, the, the traditional Irish pubs, and if you come in with a different accent, you'll be welcomed. You'll I be told it. lots of stories, and you'll be uh, you'll probably be asked to sing and to get involved. So Dude, we're we're uh, we're gonna do a KC international tour one day, and and now you it's officially made the list, yeah. man. Belfast, Northern Ireland is on the KC international tour, so we're coming, man. We're coming. Yeah, I love to, I love to think one of the one of the great things for this island is the people. If you come, we will welcome you. We will get you involved, and uh, I'm sure you'll have a good time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, listen, you started with the history and talking to us about that. I think that's an appropriate place to start this podcast show in helping our audience understand the history of Belfast and why that is so significant to the mission of your company to really light up the dark corners of the city, why those dark corners even exist. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that'll set a really good framework for this idea of really building a kingdom business, being a really light, you know, a light on the, you know, on a hill there in Northern Ireland. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So Ireland as a whole is a country with deep um, spiritual and Christian history, obviously St. Patrick being uh, an obvious uh, one of the founders of the faith here. Um, and so we've been a country that has this deep Christian heritage and connection, but that has then in recent, in, in more recent history, 70s, 80s and 90s, that led to a very troubled time within our land. It led to a time of, of civil war. Um, you know, you, 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 it's called the Troubles, you know, across the world, Northern Ireland's Troubles. Uh, are known from the 70s, 80s uh, and 90s particularly. And they were all formed around religion and where politics and religion come together. So Protestants, Catholics, that was our that was mm-hmm. our civil war. That was our troubles. So where we are a country with deep historical and religious connection, we're also a country that has had great spiritual and religious divide and that's left some of the the negative legacy now that that we feel that we are part of um of of rewriting so on the back of the the troubles um it left you know the troubles were a time that really tore northern ireland apart and you know not too long before the troubles throughout the 19th century um we had a booming industrial sector shipbuilding linen, all sorts of things, and that had been really suffering, and then the troubles hit. So it really left, um, you know, come the end of the 90s, Northern Ireland was in a very difficult place. Industry had largely disappeared, and there was just ruin, uh, a real negative legacy left from the troubles. And that, you know, as healing began to happen, as people began to move on and move into um, a new Northern Ireland, a new Ireland, and there's still legacy from that that you can feel even today there's still hurt there's still pain that has been caused and that has left many areas in northern ireland in particular where those things were were very strong they've left been left with a negative legacy thankfully belfast as the as the beating heartbeat of northern ireland as our capital city 
more recent years and um, as industry uh, in many ways is returning tourism has massively increased again and it's a really booming uh, tourist hub now uh, tech investment inward investment we're uh, a really great performer um, in european standards for that so there's lots of really exciting stuff happening in belfast and my generation and uh, and below are, are really wanting to just move on and to create this new uh, place that we can that we can call our own that we can thrive that we can live in um, so that's really exciting for Belfast um, and the Belfast city centre in itself is booming. All of that has created just a great atmosphere, great culture. And then the outer suburbs of Belfast, there's great community, there's, um, there's great feel. But some of the area around the city centre of Belfast, the kind of the band, uh, the inner suburb around Belfast city centre is where lots of um, very difficult stuff happened throughout the Troubles. And that's really still been left as an area that has great social deprivation it would be within the highest five percent of social deprivation in northern ireland but it's connected right to the heartbeat of the city but yet the transformation hasn't happened yet so it's kind of that that for me define that for our audience social deprivation what do you mean by that what does that look like in that in that band around the city center in those communities there's very high rates of unemployment there's very high rates of mental health issues suicide rates and there's well really we would define it as just a real lack of hope and that's because much of the hope has been stripped away um throughout the very difficult times and there's been uh, it's created a divide where those areas have almost been isolated from the rest of of northern ireland and from the city center that it's kind of a moat uh, area so those are the areas that we have felt that um there's a story of how we get to that, but we we felt that that's where we were to focus our business. That's where we were had a chance to bring um, the greatest transformation and to to really pour out our passions into. That's your fo- that so that's your area right there. That mar- that little area or that su- suburban area that's, of of Belfast is yeah, that, really that's our place. that's our core area and the area mm-hmm. that we're passionate about. We do things throughout Northern Ireland, but the area that we're particularly passionate about mm-hmm. is is that band around the city center that has been left behind. So let me ask you this before we get into the ins and outs of your company, the vision to light up the dark corners of the city. Walk us through that. How did Gabby and put that in your heart? And then what does that really look like? Like how does that vision really culminate in your mind? Yeah. So I, 2000, so we started a development company. I've been in the construction industry and, um, I've had construction business t- since 2007 um, where we just built product for other people. Um, and 2015, we formed this development company, Cornerstone. Originally, that was uh, we, we decided to become developers ourselves rather than just contractors because in the first instance, we wanted to create our own product. We didn't want to just be given plans and have to build whatever you had the creativity for. We wanted to create our own product. So that was... We, quite a traditional development model that we began in. And it was really 2017 and then 2018 where we, well, 2017 where we begin to think that there's more as a property developer um, than just creating interesting products than, than bringing nice design and environmentally friendly solutions. But what does building community look like? What does transforming areas that need to be transformed look like? And that led us to, I was walking up a street in East Belfast, which falls within uh, an area that had a lot of negative legacy that was still um, caused from from the Troubles. 
and I saw a, a building that was derelict and I just felt that there's something special about this building. Um, and it was, it, it had obviously been a building that was beautiful in its, in its day. It was built in the 1800s and it, it had obviously been a, a building that was beautiful and a building that had been significant and had been a hub um, for that community. And it was lying derelict and, and caged up. And I just felt within me that this building, there's more than just that this building needs to come back to life. This is a, this, this, this had a heartbeat that gave something positive to the community around it. And now it's, it's, it's a, it's a reminder that their community has, has become boarded up, that their community has become left behind. And so we tried that out as a pilot project to see, could we develop in that area and could we attract buyers that were in the market for a well-finished product? Could we get those buyers to integrate into the community rather than just to come and go? And there was a long, a long story around that, but that part of seeing, could we make something like this work? And we tried it on a small scale. So that sort of created, um, throughout that project in 2018, that created just more and more passion within me as to how we could pick out those derelict spots that everything about them oozed neglect, oozed despair, oozed, you know, there was nothing of hope about it. And how could we, one, transform those spaces physically, but how could we attract people to be there and to integrate within the community? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a good, a good pilot and really just... Uh, I, I began just everywhere seeing these dark corners. I began corners that I would have gone past all the time. And I don't know if it was God's spirit just uh, making these come come to life for me, but I just started seeing these corners and I really just felt that what God was calling us to do was to light up the dark corners of the city. And that led on a journey where we identified, well, what is a dark corner? And a dark corner, it had to be a significant uh, a symbolic building for a start so that could be symbolic good or symbolic bad so one of our projects that we have uh, on at the moment it was um, a symbolic building again from the early 1800s left to fall apart left in ruin but it had a very positive history so we're keeping that building bringing it back to life two of our other projects that we have at the moment are former paramilitary pubs so kind of like the mafia that's some places over there uh, with you guys have, you know, they don't have offices as such. They meet in, you know, a pub or a bar or a restaurant or something. So these were symbolic uh, pubs that were now derelict and boarded up, but they were pubs where these paramilitary chapters met back whenever that's what happened. And they're just being left as these kind of, they're not just derelict and boarded up, but they're also like a shrine. Right something evil and negative that happened that sort of still has a grip in some way on the community, even though we've, we've moved on. And hmm. um, so we started seeking out these corners that were symbolic for the wrong reasons. And how can we, in that case, take that building away completely and bring something new that's fresh, that's positive, that light pours out of, that hmm. is a symbol of something physically changing and starting to bring hope. And then beyond that, how can we, bring that hope that we have and shine that light that we have to the residents that are going to move in. But how, how does that also affect the residents that already live there, that live up the streets, that have lived there for years? And how do we right. benefit yeah. them rather than, I think development, and especially in some of these areas, can often be done so badly mm-hmm. that it just comes in and creates a them and us. 
new people move in that that wear suits and walk to work and that's not maybe the reality of other people on the street and what happens is gated communities are formed where it's a them and us and people come in to their nice turnkey apartment and close the gate behind them and in the yeah, morning so where they- do you start like I'm, uh, that's a great point i was definitely going to go there so as as a developer or someone who's even listening to this and saying yeah like i have a vision for my own city you know i want to see things like where did you or where does your company go part of your process of trying to listen to the community hear what they're wanting and then be able to provide something one that is going to create you know i mean essentially you're, you're sustaining and building a business right that kind of sustains that but also really provides you know, really accomplishes your mission to really light up the dark corners. What is the starting point for really entering that market and being able to really hear that, listen to that, and then implement on the things that you've learned? Hey, I just want to take a quick second and thank you for your support for this show. We have surpassed the 10,000 download mark, and I want to personally thank you and show you my commitment to continue helping you build great businesses that advance God's kingdom. I'd like to give you a couple exclusive resources for absolutely free just as a way to say thank you to help you in this great endeavor. The first is going to be a video masterclass with three heroes and mentors of mine. The first one is John Rulin, who is the author of Giftology. Jordan Rayner is a serial entrepreneur and best-selling author of Called to Create and Master of One, and he has a special video for us. And then Vinny Fisher who is the CEO of Fully Accountable and founder of multiple eight-figure businesses, an incredible, an incredible resource for other CEOs and business owners. And then secondly, our very own Kingdom Capitalist devotional, a 10-day study to help you draw closer to God and find more purpose in your work. I'm so pumped to get these 10K gifts to you. All you have to do if you want these gifts is text the word KINGDOM to 55. Four four four. That's it. Text the word kingdom to five five four four four. One more time. Text the word kingdom to five five four four four, and you will get these awesome resources delivered to you for free. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you, and since I know you love this show, I can't wait to get these 10K bonuses to you as well. Thanks again. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, well, I think the starting point has to be and whether you're a developer of faith or not of faith you have to start from the point of view that you care about the people that are already there and you know we're instructed to love our neighbor as ourselves and that's you know my neighbor here where i live but that's the people on those streets in belfast that we're going to to try and redevelop and have an impact on and if we don't first of all love them and care genuinely care for their needs that 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 what we do will also bring some form of hope and light to them, then if we don't start from that place of wanting that in the first place, then, you know, it's, it's never going to work beyond that. You know, we need to talk to them. We need to actually be there. We need to build relationships. We need to build relationships with the people, build relationships with the community leaders and hear from them what's going on in the area. What are the needs? Um, what do you residents think about new development? What are the challenges? And we've spent, two years meeting with those community leaders, whether they're on a political front, charities, um, whichever, but people that are significant in the community and to hear what, what the people need. And that's always, there's always tension there because residents want to see 
in a new property development and what's feasible, there's always going to be a tension in the middle that isn't possible to to come in and say, we're going to, yeah, we're going to develop this corner, but and we're going to do it exactly as you would like right. us to do it. It's not possible. So we have to start off from a place of engaging in that conversation, hearing what they want, what can we do and what's the middle ground. But I think mainly that they see that we actually care. They see that we actually want to improve things for them, for their street. We're not just coming in, knocking something down, building and leaving again as quickly as possible. We're there and we have a plan over several years to really feed into the community, to make it a better place. Not just the buildings, but what can we do to support local clubs, kids' activities, schools? What can we do as property developers to actually leave a positive legacy? So when our buildings are finished, what's the legacy beyond that? Because it's easy for us at that stage just to leave and say, see you guys, that's a beautiful building, but what legacy is that going to leave in the future? Right. And part of that, and you know, gentrification is a big, a big subject in property development. And we, our target market tends to be young professionals. They're, they're the people that are ready to move into these areas. They're the people that are wanting turnkey apartments. They're the people that want to be close to the city center, generally in Belfast. And what what a part of our challenge is and part of our real desire is to see how can those people that move in not just build community within the building that we're creating but how do they integrate into the community around them uh, and we can get into now or another stage of program that we're starting this year in connection with apartment life uh, from the us to make to intentionally work out how to build community in these areas not just within the buildings but um, with the with the streets and with the residents that are already there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we have time to get into that into what apartment life is, but a great organization that we work with as well on apartment communities that really look to build communities and communities of faith even inside of um, uh, multifamily apartment complexes. So let me ask you this: What is the project right now? Like, what is the big project? for you and your company at the moment that you're really after that you're really building is it one is it multiple what is the kind we of have, first stage of this we have four projects at the moment that um we have some things that we're finishing off but in terms of really this next uh phase of projects where we've really the projects that we've really engaged with this lighting up the dark corners concept we have we have four of those projects that will run over the next three years we have other projects which we could do as well where we're raising investment at the moment and depending on how our investment raise goes will depend on how much we can do but the four projects at the moment that we um that we are engaged in over the next three years one is a symbolic building of good that we're bringing back two are former paramilitary pubs that we're demolishing and bringing something of, of light and hope. Um, and an interesting one that is the one I'll, I'll highlight on is a, uh, a building that um, we've just recently um, began a process, a design process on, uh, where we, it's in, in Belfast or across Northern Ireland in the 70s, 80s, 90s, there's communities, Protestant and Catholic communities that lived side by side and that lived side by side successfully. When the troubles hit, Peace walls started to be built between these communities to literally you know, create peace because the communities were at war with each other. They were fighting with each other. So these peace walls are, are sort of veins throughout the city between communities that were 
traditionally Protestant or traditionally Catholic. And I would argue that the peace walls aren't needed anymore, that we're beyond that, but they still run as these kind of veins throughout the city. And they're certainly not uh, symbols of hope and they're not symbols of something new. They're symbols of uh, a dark past. So one of our projects is um, a project which actually straddles the peace wall. So a project in Belfast that uh, the, the, the apartment complex will, will be built across the peace wall. So uh, we'll have entrances from both sides. So it'll be a bridge between mm. a Protestant community and a Catholic community mm. that over the years would have been at war with each other, genuinely at war with each other. Um, and this wall was kind of the, the defense between wow. them so we're going to build Incredible. across the wall we're going to open out into the protestant community open out into the catholic community and try and create the absolutely neutral is is completely mixed um, and that's certainly a pilot project for us to see can, can this work but that's one that we're just in the design stages with uh, we're actually physical? working with a u.s architect on it and uh we're excited to see how that one goes is the community still pretty divided between Catholicism and Protestantism there like that yeah, still so people live on the different sides of the wall yep absolutely so it wouldn't oh. be there's not war on different sides of the wall anymore you know the gates are open on the walls and people come and go but there is still a very much this side of the wall we're Protestant this side of the wall we're Catholic and that's a big part of our vision is to start to build across those walls to wow. start to to, to cut across those veins, I guess, that are running through and, and to wow. create something new and something different. Wow. Dana, what are the, um, I'm curious, man, just as an investor, and I'm sure most people do, what, what does your, on a project like that, what are return, like how are you, yeah, what are returns on a project like that for investors? Returns for investors. So we've got a, a range of, of different projects that will all fall in in, in different ways, but um, the Investment will be anywhere between six and ten percent, um, depending on you know to an investor, depending on what the project is. Um, it's also depends on at what stage we are within the within the journey. We are absolutely at the moment pioneering this. So when you're pioneering something, uh, you have X amount that you can return. And as we start to build out this model more, as we start to see this becoming a success, you know. I guess our numbers will change, but sure. we're we're pioneering at the moment. And really, when we're looking for investors, we're looking for investors who get the heart behind what we're trying to do. And we'll say here, we're coming on board with you. Yeah. We see that you're running into a burning building here. For you know, you're the first responder, if you like, and we want to we want to partner with you. So it's it's it. all flexible, but that's kind of uh, where and we are. What What does your typical investor look like? Who are you right now going like raising funds for? Yeah, so far it's been mostly high net worth individuals. Again, people that are a little bit more flexible, uh, people that from a from the first instance see the heart, hear the story, like the sound of what we're trying to do, and say, "Yeah, I, I want to get behind that." So, high net worths, family offices, some funds that are funds that are owned by people, I guess that that want to see something good happening, that want to see their money do something that gets a you know a commercial return in whatever commercial return is, but you know more than you're going to get in the bank and 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 a decent return, but we'll also do something which we can and I believe we can certainly show it's something that's going to bring hope, it's something that's going to bring light, it's something that's going to uh, begin part of a transformation in the areas that we're working in. So yeah. if people see that 
I want to see their money doing good. We want to talk to those kind of people. And doesn't matter where they're from, right? They can be across across the pond. A lot of the guys that we're talking to and women we're talking to at the minute are, are U.S. actually. So, actually, love it. That's uh, good. You guys, uh, as an encouragement, I suppose, I think you guys get the, the impact investment thing more than we do in Europe at the moment. And I know chatting to you, you you're still a long way to go, but uh, we've learned so much about uh, about impact investing, about right. how to use our business for, for good from so many of you in the U.S. Yeah, well, can, and let's talk about that real quick. And, I, and then I want to ask you one last question, but this idea of impact investing. And honestly, this is what I think I'm learning. I've learned from so many of the people that I've interviewed and, and even you and your story. And maybe you can encourage our audience who are raising money or building a business, the importance of starting with a vision and having a compelling vision to really bring people into. I mean, how important has that been? And really as you're communicating to us investors and family offices, really having a compelling vision that you can essentially go and, and bring people into how crucial has that been for kind of developing or raising capital or, or doing these projects? Yeah, it's been, it's been absolutely crucial. We always lead with the heart and lead with the vision first, whether we're talking to someone about investment or we're talking to someone that we're just interested to learn from each other and hear each other's stories. We, we always lead with the heart. There's, there's so many, investment opportunities all around the world if if we're talking to a, a u.s family office or individual you know it's very unlikely that belfast is on their radar it's extremely unlikely there's lots of good options but i think investors in general um and i think so many people see the investment world and the investment model as so so broken uh, and that want to see something good happening with their money and if they can get a mixture of something good happening uh, with their money and getting over that you can be philanthropic and you can you know go for hard-nosed business deals and not, nothing's wrong with either but you know for someone especially that's giving money away well if if they can give money away and get it back with something back mm-hmm. and also if showing that they're going to do that that money is going to achieve something good and uh, because of the heart because of the story um, I think that's that's the difference. And where there's a heart, you know, we are in in our vision and in, in, in the heart behind what we're doing. Our hearts are completely poured into this now. That mm. you know, our wallets are poured into it, but our hearts are <laughs> our hearts are poured into it. And that's that's a deeper connection yeah, in terms yeah. of how far we'll go to make this thing work. Because if your heart's not in it, you can walk away from it. And if it gets tough, you can step back and you can say, mm-hmm. "We'll just close that down." But if your heart is poured into it. Uh, and it's your vision is built around it you know that's that's the difference i think so between good, so uh, good. an investment that has no heart and an investment that has heart yeah let's finish uh, this so excellent man I, I hope people really get that what makes your company stand out especially if you're raising capital a lot of people a lot of investors a lot of people raising money listen to the show i love that man like it's not just about the return that you bring. And I, I preach this to our partners all the time. Listen, honestly, the difference between a 12 and 15% return is really like, ne- like it's negligible. Like it, it really, what's going to push people to really come and be a part of your company is not going from 12 to 15%. It's, it's the emotion. It's the heart. It's the vision of why you exist and what you're accomplishing. And so like, if you haven't figured that out yet and you're not leading with that, 
that's not on your website, right? Like that's not everything that you do. You're, you're, you're missing a huge opportunity to bring in large amounts of capital into your business because like what Daniel's experiencing, there are organizations out there and family offices, you know, like who want to be a part of a compelling vision and will take less from a return standpoint as long as, you know, that, that vision is something they want to be a part of. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate that word. I think that's excellent. And I've learned a ton from you in that. So, um, and he, we've even kind of gone to the drawing board a little bit, uh, after us chatting. So, um, really good, man. Really good. Well, let me, let's, I want to end with this, not end because this is a little bit, probably a, a deeper question here and I, but I would be missed to not talk about it. I want to talk about your conversion and not conversion from, you know, lost to saved, but your conversion from I'm a Christian in business or my business is Christian because I'm a Christian to no, I want to really build a business that is all about the kingdom. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So that's been, that's been an interesting journey over the last, um, I would say maybe since 2017, so the last three years. So I've been in business since 2007 in construction, and certainly then, um, I, you know, I, I I had a faith in Jesus. I was a Christian. I was committed to uh, doing business as the Bible says we should do it. I was committed to having treating my staff well, loving my neighbor in that way, to paying our bills well, to being fair with people, creating an excellent product. So I was doing business by the book and on one hand doing good business and on another then how much money can we give away to good things um, and how can we support good things that are happening. And that uh, is certainly over here, that is a model of a, of a, a business that has Christian values. Um, and I guess I started to feel like there was more uh, than just how do we do fair business to make as much money as we can to give money away and how uh, there's more than that. There was how do we how do we bring transformation through our business? How does our business activities actually impact the lives of people that are involved in the business, people that are connected to the business, our supply chain, our consultants and people that just come across the business uh, or you know, is on the street, or that come across our business in the future because they live in in an apartment that we build down the line. So how do we go beyond just giving some money away and having a good business to um, trans being transformative to people that we that we come across? And I think there's there's lots of things in that. There's a whole there's a whole podcast just in this uh, in this question probably. But I think to do more than just um, make money and give money away, we're created to, uh, to to bring light, to bring hope to people. So uh, a big part of why we are developing where we're developing is to try and create hope and to try and point towards uh, something that's possible to change, something that's possible to bring transformation. And we want everybody that we're involved with, from our investors through to our uh, residents that move into our buildings, we want them to experience hope we want them to experience life to the full to experience joy we want the supply chains that we're working with to be better uh, for working with us um and there, there's 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 so much in that but you know we believe that 
God's kingdom is wherever he reigns and mm. that is right here now. Um, so everything we do has to bear his mark and we want people to see that we were, you know, our hearts are deeply connected to what we do. And our when we talk about loving our neighbor, we want people to genuinely see that we love our neighbor, that we love the people that we're involved with. We want them to have hope. We want them to have a joy uh, that we have uh, as Christians, that we want that for the people that um, we are involved with in business. And it's not two different worlds. It's not how does my faith impact me and my family and then I do my business activities over here it's the two have to come together if my faith is the thing that is my driving force in many ways it's the thing that really um gets me up in the morning I can't just turn that off while I go into the office that uh is a is a core part of everything that I'm involved in and I believe that that business that goes after God's heart for people will be business that brings transformation Mm. That's so good, man. I love that you're have a vision. I mean, that really, yeah, that just resonates with me so much to think about really building a company and having a vision that can really last into eternity. And I think that is a kingdom minded business that is the impact we're making inside of our company. Will this care? Will the impact with the legacy we create really go into eternity? I, and I just love that vision, man, of thinking about the kingdom where the walls are the walls are divided, right? Where the gates are open and you're creating a company that really reflects, or you're creating assets or developments or cities even that really do bring people together, man. I love it. I'm so pumped for you. And um, man, my, my prayers and my support, even having you on the show, of course, you, you know that I'm with you. I'm in it. I'm, I'm pumped to hear um, how it goes, man. So before we get out of here, um, tell our audience just more like, where can they go? What's the next step to learn more about Cornerstone yourself, get connected with you? Yeah, you can uh, look up our website, which is www.cornerstoneni.com. Uh, you'll be able to get an email address there, or uh, you can come through Kingdom Capitalist and ask for our details. And I'll certainly give permission for those to be to be passed on. You can get me on LinkedIn. I'm Daniel Jackson. Our impact investment director is Andrew Wallace. Uh, You can look him up. And we just love talking about these things, whether you're from a faith background or you're not from a faith background. We love to talk about how we can bring transformation, how we can bring shared passion to make people's lives better, to show people love and to create hope so we'd love to chat if nothing else if you're passionate about these things we'd love to talk and 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 learn from you you know we're we're a few years into thinking about impact investing and you know there's so many of you that have thought this through for for many years and we want to learn we're keen to to build these relationships yeah um before we go there's a great book that comes to mind it's called culture making by andy crouch and it was a powerful book for me when i was still kind of a, a missionary and pastor and understanding God's heart and the plan of, of God's kingdom to really redeem all of culture. And it's not just hell in a handbasket type mentality where we can just let all of culture go to waste. No part of God's redemptive plan is really redeeming culture and we can build things that really do last into eternity. And so I just think that's a key principle for people to really listen to or, or take heart of um, in light of this episode. And so I just wanted to recommend that book culture making by Andy Crouch is powerful. just even that concept. Uh, it's so biblical and so right on man. So thanks for that encouragement. Also want just cause I got you on the show. I know we're planning to meet hopefully in Dallas um, yeah. in September. There's a conference. Everyone uh, friends of ours over at the faith driven entrepreneur 
um, which is a, a website, faithdriveninvestor.org, or actually it's faith, it's the Faith Driven Investor Conference. So faithdriveninvestor.org are friends of ours on this show, and they're doing a great conference in Dallas in September. Um, that if California lets me loose, um, I'll be there, and I know Daniel will be there as well. And um, so if you want to join us and get in person with us, we'd love to. I'm sure both of us meet you there. So um, anyways, everyone, thanks again. Um, I know this show is, is uh, it's such an encouragement for me to have guests like Daniel on. If it is for you as well, I would so greatly appreciate you taking some time now and going to iTunes, leaving us a written review, five stars, and tell us um, exactly what you're loving about this show. And then screenshot this episode, share it on LinkedIn, share it on Instagram, and help us get the message out about really building businesses for God's kingdom. Um, would love your support in that. It really goes a long way and love hearing your feedback. So again, everyone, thanks so much. Uh, can't wait to see you next week. Cheers. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. There you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guests of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.